The family caregiver's role has become increasingly prevalent and essential to ensure our loved one's health. Our next guest has dedicated his mission and expertise to create digital health programs to engage members with cognitive impairment via their family caregivers. Dirk Sunkson, CEO of Ceresti Health, joins us to discuss why he launched his company and the reasons he remains incredibly passionate after eight years of operating his high-growth startup. Additionally, Dirk shares how Ceresti Health improves family caregiver effectiveness by leveraging predictive analytics to reduce hospitalizations and costs for its members while increasing the quality of life for the people Ceresti Health serves. Join us to learn from Dirk and the inspiring mission he and his team are on as we continue to work together to reimagine how we deliver better health and care for our communities across the nation. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Dirk. Welcome to our podcast, and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. It's my pleasure, Mike. Dirk, we're in store for a very important conversation regarding how you and your team are building digital health programs to engage members with cognitive impairment via their family caregivers. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Dirk, it's almost time for our community to learn how Ceresti Health is improving the experience of living with Alzheimer's disease and related dementias. But first, let's take a moment to break the ice a bit so our community can get to know you. I'm going to randomly select a question here. Let's see what comes up. Ooh, we're talking food, Dirk. Favorite meal and why? Okay, well, favorite meal is breakfast, Mike. And we have this sort of tradition here in our house where on Sunday mornings, my wife has gotten really good at making these German pancakes, you know, the ones that you put in the oven that come out that look puffed up. So we've kind of figured that out. And it takes me back to a time when my parents would visit us here in California and we'd go to the pancake house. So it has sort of special meaning to have this pancake with uh, put lemon and sort of sugar on it. It's not particularly healthy, but amazingly good. So that actually is my favorite meal. Well, breakfast is one of mine as well. But Dirk, we got to go there really quick on the pancake. You know, some people are very passionate about their pancakes. Do you put up extra fillers in there like, you know, chocolate chips or bananas or do you just leave it as a strict pancake? This one is intended to be eaten with just like a lot of lemon juice and powdered sugar. It's just sort of intended to be that and it's just delicious. I can honestly um, I do say like other types of pancakes, but you know, as far as a, like a German pancake, this is sort of just the basics. Really, I've really never tasty. had a pancake with lemon juice on it. Yeah. It's called a German pancake. Comes out of the oven about 15 minutes in the oven, pops up. And so when I put it on a plate, it looks like three dimensional. It's pretty amazing. All right. Going to put it on my to-do list. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm a pancake fan. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Nice side of eggs. So, well, thank you for chatting all things breakfast, Dirk. I'm a big fan, like I said, and Thank you for sharing that. And I'm looking forward to diving into your inspiring journey and mission with Ceresti Health after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. 
Clearchild leverages technology, the power of psychology and human interaction to diagnose, treat, and improve the success and happiness of children who are affected by mental and behavioral health challenges, such as autism, ADHD, and learning issues. They know that with the right treatments, therapies, and support, children can see measurable improvement across their mental health, happiness, and overall life functioning. Their AI-enabled mobile technology facilitates ongoing data collection, improving the efficacy of their program with every child they help. ClearChild Psychology serves both families as well as partner clinicians to ensure they are putting help in the hands of the most families possible and paving the way in providing affordable and accessible mental health care for the millions of children in need of support. We are incredibly grateful for ClearChild's support of our future generations and for their community champion sponsorship of Passionate Pioneers. To learn more about ClearChild, head over to clearchildpsychology.com slash passionatepioneers or visit the episode notes and click on their link. We are back with Dirk Sunkson, CEO of Seresti Health, and we have a lot to discuss. Dirk, thank you again for joining us today. The work happening in Seresti Health, incredibly important, more important now than ever. Give us a little bit of the journey. You guys have been at it now for almost eight years. I've seen your previous history as well. Hopefully led you up to this time to launch and build Seresti Health. I know there's a journey in there along the way. Again, eight years as your CEO, your co-founder. Give us a little bit of that journey, how you came to be with Seresti Health. Where was that aha moment? How did this company come and take flight? Give us a little bit of that journey. Yeah, thanks, Mike. So the opportunity to start Seresti really came after the exit from my prior company. And it was really sort of just contemplating what am I going to do that's going to make a difference, right? So focusing on something that, that we saw as it was a noble cause was very important. And we honestly just sort of said, what problem is one that really is important and needs solving? And we focused on Alzheimer's disease and other dementias. And we sort of, sort of said, you know, there's not enough being done to support those people who are struggling with that condition today. And so we actually committed ourselves to improving the experience that families have a living with this disease. And we just did a bunch of research. We tried to figure out what do you have to do to actually improve outcomes? We quickly determined that for a business to be viable, we had to have a customer that would pay us. So we focused on cost reduction and outcomes improvements as a framework for getting paid by insurance companies. So that just becomes something that is free to families. And Dirk, with some of that previous experience, you mentioned you had an exit and all that journey along the way. Were there previous experiences before Seresti Health that led you to this? I mean, did you have an expert view into this? Were there personal ties to it? What led you to that? And maybe even before you launched Seresti Health? Yes. So the answer is, I have two parents that have lived with Alzheimer's disease. So I, and I'm a caregiver for one. So I'm living every day the challenges of what it means to be a caregiver for somebody with dementia. It's incredibly difficult. The journey that led us here, I have to say, we really did just focus on a really big problem. And as entrepreneurs, sometimes the saying that ignorance is a viable substitute for courage. It's sort of one of my sayings. I think this is the case. We just said, we're going to solve this problem. We didn't appreciate how hard it was. And we've just committed ourselves to doing this. And I think we're almost at the point where we've pushed the noodle up the mountain where this gets easier, but we've done a lot of work to figure out how do we improve care for people in the home? How do we make a business out of it? Well, Dirk, you also said something incredibly important. So we have a lot of entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs and startup founders that tune into the podcast. And you mentioned something that's so important on the front end of outlining your journey with Seresti Health. You mentioned finding somebody to pay for the services. And I always stress that when I'm mentoring and advising startups, 
is go and find the problem and solve for the problem. Don't build a product and then try to go find a home for it. Can you share a bit of how you did that with your team of finding what that problem is, how you maybe have obsessed over the end user? I think that's also very important. Can you maybe describe that a bit? Because you really touched on something that's so important in building a startup. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So in my prior company, it was a healthcare company, happened to be in lab medicine and pathology. But if you work in healthcare, you quickly realize that if you follow the money, you can start to understand sort of how things fit together. So in this case, we were developing a service that was really going to serve people in the home. But the question is, who will pay and why? And it was just very clear that this wasn't going to be a direct-to-consumer play. That's not how we thought we could build value. So we did a ton of work up front to really validate that companies like Medicare Advantage Health Plans have the financial incentives to pay for this type of a solution. So we started the company really with that frame. And, you know, then you should say, what do you have to prove? And for us, demonstrating outcomes, including cost savings, has been, you know, a primary focus. And we have some really compelling data now that suggests that it makes sense. If you support a family caregiver or somebody who has dementia, you can reduce the costs for the person living with dementia and you can improve outcomes for the family. So we're kind of aligning what the payers want, which is lower costs, and what the families want, which is a higher quality of life in a digital health solution. Well, let's go there, Dirk, and talk about the elevator pitch, right? I always love to learn from founders like yourself to give that elevator pitch to really show what you're building and why. What is Ceresti Health? So Ceresti Health is a digital health company that supports family caregivers. Think of a spouse, think of an adult child, and we provide them with education, support, and coaching. And we do this remotely. So we're virtual, which is obviously well suited for what's happening in the pandemic. And we basically teach family caregivers how to take better care of their loved one. It's that simple. So they learn about chronic conditions. They learn about the psychosocial challenges of the disease. They connect to community resources. We integrate friends and family. We do all the things that you would read in the literature and have been proven to work, but we built a highly scalable, cost-effective platform to deliver that anywhere in the world. And what I also enjoy on your website, because I think it's important, right? You need to hear the success story. So many people are living with this, but to see what it could be like on the other side. Can you maybe share some success stories that you guys have had along the way that maybe stick out to you as the CEO? So the thing that really drives our team are some of the testimonials we get from families. So typically we will send a tablet device to the home. People will work on that tablet. Many of our caregivers are spouses, so they could be 75, 80 years old. And we get a lot of testimonials, people telling us what they think. And some of these things will make you cry. They're so heartfelt, but people will say, you know, you are my lifeline and they're directing this to a coach. This program has changed my life. My relationship with my loved one who has dementia has improved so much now that I've learned something about the disease. This is what drives us. We post this on our inside sort of, you know, we use teams and that gets posted and it's really inspiration for the whole team. We're driven by exactly what we started with, which is how to improve the experience of living with a disease. Obviously we have to build a business out of it and we have to you know, show a return there, but this is what drives us is the fact that we can impact families very, very deeply. And Dirk, we also know that this is going to touch so many of us in this nation now and moving forward. You know, you see how big we have in regards to older adults and that population. Can you give us a little bit of an understanding for the layperson out there? How big is this? How big is this opportunity to help? How big is this, you know, space for our country? 
What's the magnitude of the problem? Can you give us a little bit of understanding for the layperson? Yeah. So everything you read in the news today talks about the horrible impact of Alzheimer's disease. So I think the numbers are you got 5 million people in the U.S. who have the condition that's projected to increase to 14 million as the population ages. It's underdiagnosed because there's a stigma around it. So more people probably have it than have been diagnosed. The thing that matters from the cost side is that individuals who have dementia are driving about one third of all hospitalizations. And individuals who have dementia, and if you add stroke and Parkinson's to those, those other conditions of cognitive impairment, you're driving over 50% of all hospitalizations. And the opportunity is that most of those hospitalizations are preventable. So over 50% of hospitalizations that are incurred by somebody with this condition are preventable. And they're harmful. When you have dementia and you go to the hospital, you don't come out better. You have some irreversible cognitive and functional decline that is a result of the trauma of the hospitalization. So you're actually harming the patient. And patients with dementia go to the hospital two to three times more frequently. You sort of scratch your head and say, how do we stop this? This is actually unhelpful to the entire system. And just to give you another perspective, if you look at the cost projections, Mike, between 2040 and 2050, the U.S., this is CMS, is going to spend $10 trillion on care for people with dementia. Compare that to our annual U.S. budget of $4.7 trillion. So it's going to go through the roof. So it is the most expensive disease in America. It's a disease that Americans over the age of 60 are the most afraid of. So when we get up in the morning, we know we're solving a really, really important problem. And how has the reception been with your platform to the end user? Yes, we talked about the actual patients and the testimonials you've been serving. But what is it also like just across the board, like perfect example? You guys offer multiple benefits with Medicare Advantage plans and members and caregivers there, but also, you know, providers. What has the reception been broadly with your platform in the marketplace? It's a really good question. I would say that in general, most people believe there's nothing you can do for people with Alzheimer's disease and dementia. So there's this belief that there's nothing I can do. There's also this belief that maybe there's a cure coming. And I think both of those beliefs are troublesome because they're not really reality. So that's been part of the challenge, right? As an entrepreneur, you sort of start the journey. You don't quite know what to encounter. But the lack of believing that you can actually make a positive impact on this population is a barrier to adoption. So we're working very hard to change that. That's a big part of it. And then the focus on care while we're waiting for, let's say, better treatments is another dimension that's fairly new. I have to tell you, it's been pretty tough to get to the point where people are now starting to believe you can do something. That's why we've been at this this long. But we now have solutions that as they're getting deployed, we're getting these terrific outcomes. So that's why I was sort of said, I think we're at a point where we've advanced what we're doing to the point where it'll be so obvious that's not, that, you know, health plans will, will sort of say, okay, we ought to give this a try. It definitely is, you know, we guarantee that it pays for itself. So it's not like you have to take any financial risk when you work with a company like Soresti. Uh, we're so confident that we can make this pay for itself that we're guaranteeing it as part of our offering. But to answer your question, the awareness of what you can do inside the healthcare system is much lower than you might imagine, given all the news that you read about with this condition. Well, some of the tools and technologies you're bringing to the marketplace have me personally excited. For instance, your predictive risk assessments that enable better outcomes. You guys are using claims 
and other data sources to risk stratify members based on their likelihood of an emergency department visit or hospitalization. How are you guys going about that? Is that with an engagement with the members via their caregivers, use of the technology? Can you describe that a bit more in depth? Because I think that's a very, very exciting tool and technology you guys are bringing to the marketplace. Yeah, Mike, I'm so glad you asked about that. So back to what I said earlier, I said most of the hospitalizations are preventable in the home. So then you say, okay, well, how I'm going to figure out how to train a particular caregiver, given that we ever get to meet the caregiver or the patient in person, we're entirely remote. So when we look at claims data, we look at predicting the risk of the patients being admitted to the hospital for conditions like stroke, sepsis, urinary tract infection, a fall. And then we get a very clear view as to, for this particular caregiver, what is the highest risk that their loved one has? And if the highest risk their loved one has is an infection that could become septic, which you can determine from a predictive model, not surprisingly, that's what we focus on when we teach that caregiver kind of what to do, right? So they'll get a lot of education on sepsis and other things early in their kind of journey with us so that we can start to detect what's happening in the home. We also do these remote assessments where we use the caregiver for remote patient monitoring, but we're asking the caregiver about what's happening. So we can kind of track any condition that's happening in the home just by asking the caregiver questions. So we get about three of these assessments a week and thus have the ability to really detect things before they become problematic. So we're really taking what would otherwise become, you know, an emergency department visit and we're redirecting it to primary care. That is so exciting. I'm glad you were able to share that with us, Dirk. That's very important. And like I said, it gets me personally excited. And then also a bit ago, I asked and we discussed just to touch on your work with Medicare Advantage plans. Obviously, that's a big deal. Can you share a bit in regards to what you're doing there, how those benefits are helping your members and their caregivers? Can you share a bit more on that side? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. Medicare Advantage is one of these things that most people don't really understand. I didn't understand it after having spent sort of 20 years in healthcare. Once you do sort of look under the hood and you understand how they are compensated by CMS and so forth, you start to really appreciate there's an incredible amount of value that's being delivered through these MA plans. So what we've done, Mike, is we've configured this caregiver support capability we have as a supplemental benefit. This is something that CMS is actually really encouraging MA plans to adopt and to be more innovative around. And so we are like the dental vision benefit. We happen to be a caregiver benefit. And some of the more innovative health plans are recognizing that there's a lot of value in supporting caregivers of their members who have these cognitive impairment conditions. So we are actually, you know, positioned as a supplemental benefit. We have a sort of a PMPM type business model, per member per month type business model. And so we kind of look more conventional than we did maybe three or four years ago when we didn't quite know, you know, what door to knock on. And let's also now turn a little bit to kind of current state with where we are as a globe, really, and, and here in our country as well with COVID-19. What has the pandemic meant to you, your company, the people you serve? Have you had to change course on any or part of the business? What has COVID-19 meant to you, your company, and the members you serve? Well, the first thing is the, there was a New York Times study just last week that highlighted that if you have dementia, you're more than twice as likely to get COVID. So the population we serve is particularly vulnerable to this condition. You know, as a company, we've always been virtual. So I think in some ways, in the same way that telehealth has sort of become more accepted, I think solutions like ours, which are virtual, have become more accepted. So from an adoption perspective, I think, I hate to say it, I think the pandemic actually 
accelerated plans looking at us as a viable solution. And of course, the condition itself means that, you know, we're adding a lot more value because we're supporting the most vulnerable and costly folks living at home who have this condition. So we have education on COVID and we do a variety of things, supporting families as in some cases they test positive and they go through the disease and so forth. But I would say it has just sort of in the same way that telehealth has been accelerated. It's done the same thing for us. I've mentioned a number of times on this podcast with leaders like you that if we look at this pandemic, I also want to look at the bright side of it. You know, the phoenixes that are going to rise from these ashes, just like you said, with telehealth, when you look at mRNA technology with the vaccine and otherwise, I see an opportunity to really take our industry forward after we get through this public health crisis. So I'm right there with you, Dirk. I'm glad to see that your company, your innovation, and the people that you serve has accelerated because of this pandemic. It's unfortunate that we're in it, but I'm so grateful to hear that people are seeing the value of it because, well, they have to, given the environment we're currently in. But let's also talk beyond the pandemic. Let's talk future state. Things are moving very fast in our industry, Dirk. Again, you guys have been at it for almost eight years. The industry and the marketplace is starting to really understand the value that Ceresti is bringing. Can you share a bit? What does the future look like? What does this industry look like? What does your technology look like? How does your technology continue to improve caregiving and these members of our communities? What does future state look like over the next two to three to five years? Well, in terms of the tactics, you know, future state looks like adoption by these Medicare Advantage health plans with a continual demonstration of outcomes, particularly cost outcomes, so that this becomes a must-have capability that health plans have. The future state also has to be recognizing that you need to add caregiver to the current matrix of patient and social determinants. But if you really think about it, today the framework is I have a patient, I understand their social determinants of health, and I would argue that you need to add caregiver to that equation because the caregiver, in the case of somebody with cognitive impairment, is driving outcomes. They're giving the medications to the person. They're taking the person to the doctor. So if you don't understand who the family caregiver is, you're missing, I think, a third of the equation that needs to be part of, you know, how do you bend the cost curve in healthcare? So I think the future means that when you are a Medicare Advantage health plan, you think about the patient, you think about the social determinants, and you have to include the caregiver. And that's the journey we're on. And when that happens, companies like Ceresti will start to really contribute a lot of value to healthcare overall. Well, thank you for that. And we also want to provide value back to Ceresti and you, Dirk, with all the very important work that you're helping lead. What's one problem, need, or question that you have for our community that we can be helping you with? Since our customers are Medicare Advantage health plans, our biggest challenge is a lack of awareness that companies like ours exist. You know, we're relatively small. We don't have a big marketing budget. So our ask is, you know, if you are in the healthcare industry and you touch Medicare Advantage, either from the insurance side or if you take risk as a provider with Medicare Advantage, you know, ask some questions around, you know, what are you doing to support members with cognitive impairment? And then keep Ceresti sort of in, in your mind. So we're looking for awareness. We'd ask for people to just ask questions like, what are you doing to support these very expensive members? And I think ultimately that level of awareness will trickle down to help companies like ours. I love it. Thank you for sharing that, Dirk. And of course, in order to be able to help you with that, where can we find you online, social media handles, websites, or otherwise? Where can we find you? So I'm on LinkedIn. I use it quite a lot. If you click on the contact button on LinkedIn, you'll find my email, which is my first name dot last name at 
gmail.com. You can also email with that at soresti.com. Those are the best things. If you go to our website, soresti.com, you click out the, you know, fill out, ask for information. I see those as well. So be happy to connect with anybody. Excellent. Thank you for that, Dirk. And if you scroll down into your episode notes, all of those contact points for Dirk and his team are in there. Also, you can head over to passionatepioneers.com, our free global online community. There will be a post there for this episode where you can also leave comments, suggestions, feedback, and ideas for this episode. Again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Dirk, we're going to start rounding it out here, get you back to your important work and leading and building Soresti, but I have a fill in the blank for you. I'm a passionate pioneer because... I believe that more knowledgeable, skilled, and confident caregivers can improve care for persons living with Alzheimer's. I love it. Well, Dirk, thank you so much for being with us today. This is so important. The work you're leading, the team that's around Soresti, continue pushing forward. We're rooting you on. I appreciate you coming on to our podcast today and sharing everything happening in the Soresti camp. But for now, again, thank you so much, Dirk, for being with us. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.